Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Baby Metal Podcast. It's July 14th, 2019, here as we record. The podcast is a place where we gather on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. Hello. And Garrett. Hello. So, uh, just we're coming off the, the previous podcast episode where, you know, we dealt with the big news dump in a like hour and a half long episode and here's the second half of it <laughs> so <laughs> um suddenly the the trickle has turned into a torrent of some kind I, actually I, I i think i noticed noted this before when when um i was going to open the previous podcast with the tweet from uh you know 5b artist management that said expect big things from in 2019 from big metal japan and <laughs> and it's a uh, uh they took the tweet away <laughs> Nevertheless, there is a archive.org saved it. So, and uh, yeah, we're we're now seeing the big things. So, uh, where we left off last time, basically we had gotten through Glastonbury. Uh, we recorded between the Glastonbury and Brixton shows, and in that time, uh, a number of things have happened. So, I think maybe just go following the order of the random notes that I have in front of me. We can start talking about the the mentioned the fact that Papaya got an official video, and then we will return to hear all about Legend M and, and uh, all the stuff that happened in Japan. I'd like to bring up the fact that Papaya has 4.2 million views in its first week of being released. That seems like quite the large amount. Yeah, it's on a really good pace. only one week. Came all... Whoa, I think YouTube lied to me. It came out July 1st, never mind. 14 yeah. days, two weeks. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty amazing. I mean, they, they've got they've got the entire nation of Thailand, <laughs> you know, watching yeah, it. But... Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I think yeah, it... I... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that um, it's incredible how big of a turnaround has happened ever since it first came out. Since introducing F Hero as a feature, how I feel like the vast majority of the community pulled a one eighty from disliking it to loving it. At least me anyway. I liked it when it came out, and now that's probably one of my favorites so far. This this video, I was stunned by how fast that came out. I mean, it's you know, it, maybe it isn't a perfect video, but it but it's you know, it's quite impressive, and uh, and you know, just immediately, I don't know how many hours it was after the actual events that were being filmed. It couldn't <laughs> have been too many. Released, but it was it was like sports highlight fast. Yeah, I was want to say it was within seventy two hours. Yeah, it's uh, and and of course, so just like the "Gimme Chocolate" video, the studio audio is used even under you know underneath the the show's video, and so there's a couple of places where there's like little mismatches. Uh, so in particular, Sue introduced F Hero at the show, and in the video, it's kind of hilarious because they have like some fans' hands like block her face so she can't see her introducing him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other thing about the video that I, I find kind of amusing is that they, there's all these sort of like extra sparks thrown in for no good reason. <laughs> Once you see them, you just can't stop seeing it. It's like somebody's throwing a log on the fire or something right in front of the camera. <laughs> but it's very impressive. I would have loved to see that. Um, and we will hear more about that shortly. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I mean, I guess there's, there, I don't think there's much more that I wanted to say about the, the video, except that um, it's, it's taken off, you know, definitely. Uh, in comparison to the, you know, the whatever the people running around in the desert videos, <laughs> for sure. Like I don't know, I like the music videos with where we have the girls in the video, opposed mm -hmm. to random people we don't know anything about. But you know, it's cool. Right. Yeah, who'd have thought putting the stars of the show in the yeah. in the group, you know, in front of the camera was a good thing for views. Yeah, although of course you know we we all know the the sort of strategic thoughts behind what they did you know in the with the previous ones i mean uh their options were probably just to have two and commit to there being two yeah or mm -hmm. whatever yeah so or just not have any videos at all do nothing for an entire year and yeah hard to know but anyway um yeah i think i don't know if there's much else uh doing well though so i guess the the next the big thing too 
to talk about here is is Legend M. So Legend M happened. Actually, Brixton also happened uh, since we recorded last, but we'll start with Legend M. Uh, so I think since, Kevin, you put yourself at great risk to bring us this news from the field, uh, why, don't, <laughs> why don't you uh, sort of like talk about th- your thoughts on Legend M and then, and then maybe the other ones as well? Sure. Oh, man, Legend M. You know, these were my first shows in Japan. Uh, really, the first word that comes to mind is just incredible. You know, from uh, waiting before the show starts with all mates from all over the world, all the Japanese mates, to the anticipation of going into the venue and waiting in the orderly fashion in which Japanese shows are conducted compared to the U.S. Um, it's just an incredible <laughs> experience. Um, I'm not ashamed to say it's a little overwhelming. Um, it's one of those things, I don't know if anybody else has felt this way, but when I first got into this group, you know, it was through videos online. It was like the Road of Resistance video online, and you look at their live performances in Japan, and you're like, oh my god, this is incredible. Um, this crowd is insane. And my first thought was, I really want to experience this. You know, so to finally be there and kind of realize that dream from really my first day of fandom, you know, I'll be honest, it was a little emotional. It was pretty (laughs) surreal. It was incredible. Um, I could only imagine. Yeah. um, You know, and just to say, if you ever get a chance to do it, everybody needs to do it. Um, As far as Legend M, my only expectation was to have no expectation because I didn't want to get disappointed. I had some, I had some things on a little list that would have been nice. Um, (laughs) Top top of the list was getting a MOA banger, which we got, which mm-hmm. was uh, probably, I'm going to say the highlight just because I'd hyped it up in my head for a year since Legend S and I'd really wanted to see it. Um, but when they debuted a new song and MOA was on stage by herself with a guitar, started the duet, started playing, it was just surreal. Um, the, the energy in the building was indescribable and, you know, and I, I'm a sports fan. I go to a lot of hockey games. I go to, you know, I've been to high profile sporting events as a fan. Nothing can compare to the energy and excitement that I felt in that crowd during that probably, what is it like seven minutes from when the, uh, opening intro of headbanger starts through the end of that new song they debuted at legend M. That is the most electrified atmosphere I think I have ever been a part of. Yeah, um, it was, you could definitely hear it on the like the fan cams that um, you know just the little hint of the church music that starts off headbanger and the the whole place just erupted. Uh, particularly the first night when no one knew what was coming for sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody I was around, including myself, we just lost our minds. Um, my voice was hoarse the rest of the night and into the next day a little bit. Um, it. It was almost it was it was emotional. That I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it. I cried. I I loved it. It was just an amazing moment. Um, it's so strange to feel that way over something I'm not really involved with, right? I'm just a fan of this. Um, but you know, I I could feel just the pride and excitement and everybody pushing their energy towards the stage when Sue handed off the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just an incredible moment, and I will never forget that. And she got to sing, and Ma got to sing quite a lot, actually. I mean, like an entire entire verse, and sounded good from, you know, from over here. Yeah, she sang um, the whole second half of the song. Um, pretty much carbon copy of what they did when they turned 15 in, um, in their European tour uh, several years ago, if you remember those fan cams. Oh, um, yeah. Carbon copy, um, you know, right in the middle of kind of the break in the song when everybody starts um, bowing and worshiping, Sue hands over the microphone you know, very ritualistically and she, <laughs> and she sung the rest of the song and yep. she sounded incredible. You know, it, she sounded like somebody who should be a singer, you know, it didn't sound like a kid dancer trying. Um, right. It sounded polished, practiced and professional and it was really impressive. And I'm sure it was an incredible moment for her. It was an incredible moment being there and experiencing that. Um, and you know, like I've said, the energy was surreal, indescribable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does, I mean, that does really sort of make it seem like we might well hear more from her now, you know, now that we know <laughs> that she can yeah, sing well. I, I certainly hope so. Um, you know, she's got the talent. She's always had the talent. Um, you can look back at 
you know, her catalog of SG performances and baby metal. Um, and you can tell she's been working at it. You know, not only has she been hitting the gym, which is pretty obvious from the photos, <laughs> but uh, she's been either taking vocal lessons or just practicing. And yeah, she sounds polished and she sounds good. She doesn't have the strength and power that Sue does, you know, and that's that's something you're just born with. She's born to be that, you know, front woman. But she's got chops and she can hold her own. And I really hope we get more of that on the album coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. By the way, yeah, the uh, the as far as we can tell, the official lyrics are now changed in Headbanger to the Hatachi. You know, the, yes, uh, it's it's now about being twenty. Yep, yep, <laughs> they sang Hatachi all the way through. Um, but yeah, and then you know, segue right into that new song. You know, the whole building just fell silent. Like, what is this? We have no idea what's going on. Um, and it was really a beautiful moment. As it was dark, we couldn't see anything, and a single spotlight came straight down from above and illuminated um, the guitar on the stand with Moa. And, you know, everybody was like, what's going on? This is incredible. And as soon as she started playing, the whole building just erupted. Um, yeah. You know, another super emotional moment. There'd been a lot of uh, speculation going into this once they showed the merchandise for the show. Because um, she has a set of yeah. the pics, right, that depict, um, what is it, all the different... Uh, episodes of baby metal and then the last ones are her signature so there was a lot of speculation going into this that she might play guitar now you know who knows and you know we were just kind of joking you know kind of leading up to legend m oh she's gonna play guitar blah 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 and then to see it actually happen you know our our, everybody's minds just kind of collectively exploded um and once we were kind of over the shock you know again the support from the crowd and was just awe-inspiring um you know then Sue walks up on stage and they have just a beautiful duet mm-hmm. and it really is a duet. You know, Moa does sing in this song. Um, it's not a lot. It's like the other songs she sings in. She has a presence, but it's a performance duet. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 that is definitely true. Yeah. They're, they're clearly performing to each other around and with this guitar. And it's a really beautiful moment. Um, the song reminds me of the one. Um, and some people were saying, I don't know if you remember from the tour last year, the outro video, the lore video had a kind of an orchestral backing track mm-hmm. to that. Um, and a lot of people were saying that it reminded them of that orchestral backing track from that lore video last year. Um, yeah, it, it, um, th- there is a significant chunk that is, that is it. And you know, like she, she sings the melody from the from the closing lore okay Um, yeah i hadn't had a chance to check any of that stuff out yet i'm still kind of trying to gather myself uh from the trip i actually thought that was kind of a neat thing so maybe we can we can mix things up a little bit but so the this song that this new song it's i think i'm not sure who i'm not sure what system is doing the copyright striking i think it might be youtube but uh it gets copyright struck as shine so that's what people have started oh, calling it. Um, but yeah, so it is. It has the it has the same kind of feel as the one, and I, I you know my own hypothesis is that it's it's likely to start being the closing song. In fact, I actually I think it's going to be the last song on the album. I've now made that prediction. But that would be um, a good place for it. Um, I don't know if it could be a replacement or in place of something like the one because what it, what it lacks and that what the one has is audience participation. Um, I think that's a really important kind of staple of baby metal concerts. Um, and there's just no opportunity yeah. for that in this song. In I my opinion. Would, yeah. I hadn't, I had not that high, I had not considered about, uh, it. So I still think it fits nicely as the end of the album, but it does maybe not the end of the shows. But yeah, so it's it's um it's interesting in that it's um it's kind of like it's in three it's in three it's like a waltz. <laughs> I think I, I I refer to it as a lore waltz. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, got a very mature sound, and waltz is a great. I mean, it is a waltz. It sounds like a waltz, and the choreography uh, is a bit of a waltz. Yeah, and it, it is the whole presentation of it is much much more sort of grown up. Uh, yes. So. Yeah, I, yeah, it's their most mature song on stage, I think, by 
huge margin. Yeah, but that was exciting. That was the, you know we we kept getting new songs throughout. Yeah, <laughs> this, this stuff. Uh, one thing I was wondering about. So you you yourself witnessed this thing that happened at the beginning where the the you know galaxy arc gave way to this lit you know sort of LED butterfly thing. Yep. Um, could you describe that because it was a little hard to see uh, in sure. the videos. So it was at both shows at Yokohama. The galaxy arc thing is just a sheet. Uh, the sheet drops revealing. Um, it looks like an, a foldable LED screen. It looks like LED panels sewn into sheet so that it can flex and move. And it's actuated and it flies backstage playing videos um, throughout the history of baby metal, really. Um, at Yokohama, you know, as far back as Legend 99, I think is one of the videos I saw. Um, all the way until it turned into the full logo and then ascended into the ceiling. Uh, at Legend M, however, um, and I think this is more evidence that Yokohama was supposed to be Legend Y at one time. Um, when this thing dropped and was lifted into the sky, it played videos, highlights of Moa, and she was on the other side of it, flying it. She had I was her arms. About that, yeah, she had her arms out and was. She she looked like an angel just flying down the stage with highlights of her career, basically, in baby metal playing behind her. Um, it was really pretty magical. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty wild. I was I was trying to figure out how people knew that it was her, but she was she was on the big screens, right? Before before actually sort of taking off. Like you could see her on the thing or not. Yeah, so they showed her on the screens in the venue. Um, because it, you know, it it was kind of weird. So the screen was facing the audience. And was flying backstage. So she was on the other side of it. She was not facing the majority of the crowd. I didn't see it. I didn't even realize it had happened the very first night of Legend M. Because I didn't have an angle on it. Um, and I was watching what was going on. I wasn't even watching the big screens. Um, and then I was talking to somebody afterwards. And they had a picture of it. And I was like, oh my god, I didn't even see that. Uh, fortunately, the second night, I had a better angle on it. I was side stage um, behind the super mosh pit. Um, and I could actually see her up there being illuminated. She had a spotlight on her, um, and you could see her, and it was really a beautiful moment. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure that would be fun <laughs> to do. Yeah, it's going to look great <laughs> on the DVD when that comes out. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope it's not a DVD, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be a Blu-ray. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, well, they're not saying, they keep saying DVD instead of Blu-ray. Well, I think it's synonymous in Japan. I really? Hope so. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. All right. I don't know if there's much else that we wanted to say about Legend M, but but it it uh, it lived up to our expectations. I think you know it it did what we wanted. It did. Um, I think the venue could have been a little bit better, but I don't know that there's anything better in Nagoya, or at least available and better in Nagoya. We were in a. It was basically a big convention hall, so it was all flat, no mm -hmm. tiers, no seats. Um, so if you had a really high ticket number, your view was pretty obstructed and you were basically just watching the giant screens. You couldn't really see a whole lot from the way back. Um, I was really lucky that I had places where I could see pretty well, um, both nights, but there was a lot of people who really couldn't see. So from the things that could have been improved, venue could have been a little bit better. And it was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was next to Legoland, Japan, <laughs> which this and Port Messe were the only things out there in the middle of this harbor, basically. It was a 30-minute train ride from downtown Nagoya. Excellent. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder like, it sounds like it's possible that having a really bad number at the venue might make it worse than going to a live viewing, <laughs> which they also had. <laughs> yeah. So, I never, I actually didn't hear very much about the live viewings. Um, it, it, there were a couple of things, you know, people, people showed the little merch that they got, the ticket holders and stuff, but... I think actually, I think there was a. I think somebody snuck video out of one of them, too. I think I saw that. I think you're right. So, again, Legend M split uh, across the two Avengers. So we had Rio Night One and Kano Night Two. Yes. Um, and I don't actually know who the Kami Band were. Anyone know off the top of their head? <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, Omura, Bo, Hideki, mm -hmm. and uh, uh -huh. Lita. Excellent. Yeah, I um. I hope I hope those masks are not. I hope they go away, <laughs> but I, I don't think they will. But I hope they will. 
Yeah, the masks are an interesting choice. Um, you know, after the first night, there was a lot of musing the second day and the night after trying to figure out what the heck was going on. The first night of Yokohama, that is, when we saw them for the first time. Um, yeah. I think the speculation was that, you know, they were really focused on, or they wanted to be really focused on showing the three-girl formation is back and Baby Metal is kind of returning to roots, returning to form. And they wanted to push mm-hmm. everybody's attention on that and not detract or not subtract anything from that by having, you know, commies being awesome in the background, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's all conjecture. Who the heck knows what the real reason is? That was just kind of the over beers. Here's what we came up with afterwards as right. a possible reason. Um, so who knows? Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, that, that that's really the function of the masks is to pull attention away, you know? Yeah. So by the way, yeah, there's, there was a, um, apparently, I guess this was in Megitsune, um, on the first night of Legend of M. The, Moa did something that totally cracked Sue up. Oh, I saw that. That was great. <laughs> and uh, so far, we only have the the angle of Sue cracking up. Um, and if anybody listening to this <laughs> has the other angle of what she did, what Moa did, uh, I would love to see that. Yeah. That, the that most is... genuine laugh I think I've ever seen. And I have no idea I was not on that side of her. There's got to be somebody out there who saw it who can at least describe. Uh, that was night one, too, and they definitely filmed the second night. I would not expect to mm-hmm. see that later. Right. All right. Let's see. So I think um, another thing that I wanted to mention, since we were talking about the copyright striking on, on Shine, which gave us that name, um, the so there's, I think it was right before, when was it? I forget exactly when it was, but it was it was right before the one in the first, in the Yokohama shows. There was this movie, which is basically, um, you know, it's it's a very bizarre movie, but it's uh, it sounds like what Sue is saying. We were talking about this, I guess, a little bit earlier, but um, what Sue is saying is something sort of like mimicking uh, an airline pilot, you know, preparing yeah. you to go, like, please fasten your your neck brace before headbang. Yep, <laughs> and. Uh, but that actually gets copyright struck on its own, which I think is sure. an interesting fact. It makes it sound like the whatever the algorithm is, it thinks this is a song. So, well, there's a lot of it. The thing is like sixty seconds long, mm-hmm. um, and they played it all four nights in Japan. Yeah, it's. I mean, it it serves a function as you know, letting them get dressed or whatever for the one or whatever yeah. you know like it, it is a little break in the show but it also it also does sound to me like it would fit fairly well as like track zero on the upcoming album <laughs> yeah it might. like it's not it's not exactly an opening song but it really sort of like sets up the opening song there could be more of it too who knows yeah i mean it, it really it pretty much says like you know I forget. I've, I I don't have the words right in front of me, but um, you know, it's it's pretty much like you know we're we're going off in the metal galaxy. You know, wear your neck brace. This is the spirit of uh, baby metal. Yep. And it really just seems like that. You know, the next thing after that should be launching into some like heavy song. Yeah, that would be cool. So that one copyright strikes is something. It's it says Cassell metal, um, which I think probably is like a name, actually not not uh you know like it, i don't think that, i don't think i'm going to take that as the actual name of the song um it's probably just like the person's name who made it but that's it that's all i had to say about that yeah, we'll see <laughs> it sounds kind of cool though um and it it is kind of comparable in a way to from dusk till dawn in the in the kind of like ethereal electronic arena you know it's it's not unheard of for them to do something like this yeah it's definitely got a similar sound the the next thing i had in my little list was basically um, any other comments about the new stuff? So we have uh, the new songs that we have are Arcadia. I think Arcadia gets copyright struck as Arcadia with a K. Um, Shanti, which which we're going to ignore what it gets copyright struck as. It's copyright struck as uh, Indian India metal or something like that. But um, uh, and then and then Papaya. So Kevin, you weren't here, 
before when we were talking about those. Do you have anything you wanted to say about those? Uh, sure. Uh, Papaya, we basically all pulled each other. Um, and none of us really cared for the song until they played it live. I will go so far to say as that is the most hype song that they now play live. Um, the whole arena in both locations, Legend M and Yokohama, went absolutely bonkers. Uh, so it's clearly really popular in Japan, uh, at least with the Japanese mates. Uh, if you're following along at home and need to get ready for the tour, take a towel during the Matsuri chorus. You put your towel up and you wave it like crazy. And every single fan in the building did that. And it's a stunning visual. You can see it a little bit in the video. But by the time it got to Legend M, it was the most hype and insane thing I think I've ever seen. Uh -huh. uh, so hype, in fact, uh, the second night of Legend M, um, before the show, uh, one of the Japanese mates uh, came up to me and she barely spoke English and I barely speak Japanese. Um, but she managed to communicate to me that <laughs> during the chorus, she would uh, like me to pick her up and have her on my shoulders for the chorus so she could swing her towel. Um, <laughs> so that was that was a really fun uh, thing I got to do the second night. So I got down on my knees during the chorus and lifted her up. And who knows, maybe we'll be on the Blu-ray <laughs> for a stage right. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, super hype. I didn't care for it initially. Now it's really fun. It's it's an experience. It's a force of nature mm -hmm. uh, when you listen to it live. The towel thing is definitely you know it's, it's really part of the choreography too. I mean, they're you know it's who's oh, it doing it. Yeah, yeah, and everybody caught on and had a towel, and it's wild. Everybody's moving, jumping, swinging towels. <laughs> it's just it's insanity. That's that's really all it is. It's insanity. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, so get ready to experience that. It's it's a hoot. Hmm. Um, Shanti was a great surprise. Um, it's cool to see them experimenting with a whole different style. Um, you know, we've, we kind of had that Nordic stuff on the last album. And now we're in India or Egypt. I don't, I don't know. Somewhere over there. Hmm. Um, but I like it a lot. Um, I love the choreography. The choreography is really fun. Um, I think it's an interesting more mature take on kind of kawaii if that makes sense like it it still has its cute moments but it's not little kid cute really anymore mm -hmm. um and it really showcases uh sue's vocal range she is powerful in that song well yeah that that kind of blew me away i mean like in that you know it really does it's a it's a whole new talent really yeah. that we've that we heard absolutely so. Um, and she crushes it. It's insane. Um, super well written um, for her, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just goes to show the talent behind the guy producing the music is legitimate and hasn't been a fluke these last nine years. <laughs> right. Yeah, the choreography is great. Um, I, I've watched the... So we have, from Glastonbury, we have a, a pretty good... Um, actually, well, what's what's interesting is that so BBC streamed all the Glastonbury show, um, and they put Papaya up on their own channel, so you can you can watch the official Glastonbury one. Uh, but there was a sort of somebody, you know, I don't know who it is. I think it's just been more or less some you know random fan has got the stream and put up the Shanti part of that uh -huh. stream, and. I mean, I haven't looked at it recently, but it's gotten an absurd number of views. I mean, that's like 600,000 or something like that by now. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, like, people really wanted to see that. And and you can, I mean, you know, you can see the the choreography pretty well um, in the Glastonbury one. The mixing's kind of poor, and the camera quite often kind of goes random places. <laughs> but, yeah. And, the, oh, and actually, the, um, the screens didn't work as far as i can tell very well at glastonbury so they would they kept like freezing and they turned them off for part of the time stuff oh interesting but uh but the presentation when they played it in japan was fantastic um that's something i think they've really improved on you started mm -hmm. to see it at big fox festival last year was that last year that was a yeah it was right <laughs> seems like a million years ago now it does seem like a million years ago um but with, uh, you know, motion tracking effects and things like that on big screens, you know, they've they've clearly invested in some real VFX talent 
Um, you got to see it a little bit in Shanti, um, but they do some really cool stuff during Elevator Girl, um, hmm. uh, Papaya, um, Yava, um, and it's it's live motion tracking. You know, I, when they first when they did a big box, I thought they might have uh, recorded a rehearsal and superimposed it, but it's pretty clearly live tracked um, now. I don't know if it was then. So they're investing in the presentation and modernizing, which is good to see um, that they're willing yeah. to spend the money on that kind of stuff. I cannot wait for this stuff to come out. Um, like, you know, I, I've seen little bits of the fan cams of these shows, but but um, I would I would love to see the stage presentation. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, I hope the forum, I hope they do like, you know, something huge oh. at the forum. I, I would think so. It's got to be huge. It's the album launch. They're going to do something yeah. cool. I, now, I, will they cart that big old uh, elevating, rotating, moving platform thing? Maybe. They did? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Will they find one here? Who knows? Yeah, um, they, can, they can make a new one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but it's a cool thing. I mean, I, 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 I like it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, the whole thing is LED. You can see in the Papaya video, the, the surface they're dancing on is a screen. Yeah. The sides are screens. It's got mm -hmm. lights and pyro all around it. It's got those spark launchers on the bottom. So when Papaya starts, they take off like on a little rocket platform thing. It's it's a it's a really impressive presentation. Excellent. Okay. Let's see. So I think we can maybe move on to we can mention Brixton. Um, I feel like you know I feel kind of <laughs> Brixton would be a big deal, uh, except that it's in amongst all this other stuff. You know, same yeah. with most of these things. But um, I think the people who went were very happy about it um the chosen one number one did a video log <laughs> about it <laughs> i think she got there i forget now what it was like 30 hours in advance or something oh my gosh jeez <laughs> but uh so that's kind of that's kind of fun i actually haven't let, watched the whole thing through but but um that, that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah it was kelly <laughs> yeah i don't know if i could do 30 hours yeah but yeah, she showed she she showed she had to and i think uh Lily Metal uh, was number two. Oh, like yeah. she was number one. They showed their little, you know, hands uh -huh. with their numbers on them. Yeah, I got to say, of the things I appreciated the most going to shows in Japan, I think not having to wait an absurd number of hours to get a good spot was probably number one on that list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One thing um, the Metal Incarnate reminded me of in the chat room is that when Brixton was the western debut of syncopation that is that's huge. it had never been played outside japan yeah that's really cool i'm glad they got to see that i'm glad i got to see that so hopefully that that's hopefully that means we'll hear it more it's i liked that song a lot it'll be interesting to see how the set list evolves during their u.s tour once the album mm -hmm. launches well I the u.s it... tour is going to be basically over by then <laughs> right i mean the forum the album launches at the end of the tour yeah but there's still what five concerts four concerts after the forum yeah yeah i think there's something like that there's like portland and uh i think there's a festival is that right yeah oh yeah yeah there's the festival there's portland and there's seattle yeah i'm wondering wondering if that will change yeah you know i i, I hate to wish time away but but uh you know i, I wanted to get here now <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and me both yeah one other thing that was kind of notable at brixton um is that someone managed to pick up an actual set list, so possibly from a technical booth or something. Um, but so that that also uh, had listed on it the name of Shanty, like the internal you know name of Shanty, which they called Ind Metal. So, right. Uh, again, it sort of seems like they don't have a name for it yet. Or if they do, they're not willing to risk its reveal on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think we were talking about tattoo before and how that turned into Kegaro. And um, yeah. You know, I think, I think they really did internally refer to that as tattoo, for you know, up until yeah. the last second. Well, I would say that's really likely. It was on the set list, isn't that how we got the name? Yeah, and and also, um, uh, Mikiko's site credits, you know, t t took credit for the <laughs> choreography, such as it, such as it right. is. Oh, true. <laughs> but um, so anyway, yeah, that was that was interesting bit of behind the scenes shenanigans there there's a uh, starlights western debut too right oh yeah true Kaepernick i still haven't chat reminded me of that i still haven't seen like 
any any good goodish quality video of that song. I saw it. What was it? When it was debuted live at Legend S, right? Uh, Dark Knight Carnival. No, Dark Knight Carnival. Carnival. Yeah. I think I saw like a few seconds of really grainy cell phone footage, but that's all I've seen. I I know nothing about the choreography of that song. Well, it exists on Blu-ray. <laughs> I think we're still in the the moratorium or whatever you call that of the period where you can't. No one can post it yet on the things subject to the Reddit rules, but yeah, um, but it's you know, uh, the Blu-rays are out. I'm gonna have to invest in Dark Knight Carnival and Legend M. Yeah, the um, the the video, the Dark Knight Carnival video. I've only actually watched it through once, um, and I don't know what I think about it. It's I, I think I, I didn't even put this as a topic in here, but. Um, it's, I think of it as being kind of, it's kind of an experiment. I mean, I guess we kind of knew that, but it's, but it, when you watch it, you sort of see they're trying out all these different things, doing things that they probably will never do again. Um, and so I'm not sure that I will watch it a lot, but it's, but I'm kind of glad that I got a chance to see it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I would, I right. would recommend watching it. I'm not sure that I would, you know, it, maybe that should be the last one you buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah moa's birthday so we had some birthday tweets <laughs> uh you know I, it seems like this is totally lost in all the other news but whatever oh um, hey she had a birthday yeah <laughs> so we got a we got a, a solo you know a solo photo from that the official photo shoot thing and uh and i think the one with her alone looks better than the one with the two of them but i still don't actually like this particular photo shoot but anyway that's just me probably i i think something looks a bit off uh (laughs) like compared to let me defend myself here Mm. compared to any other photo you see of her i feel like it seemed just more aside from the galaxy more edited like it doesn't seem as natural yeah i i mean to me it actually looks kind of like a painting you know it's it's almost like it almost it's almost like it hits that uncanny valley kind of area where it's not quite a photo um and i think they you know they're photogenic people they could have just taken a photo <laughs> exactly and everybody would have been happy with that only we are happy with this but... we got so much great content over the last three weeks that if they want to do a stylized photo of her reigning over the galaxy i'll i'll i'm okay with that yeah yeah, it's just that this is going to be what all the venues use, you know, for all their concerts and stuff like that. This yeah. is the official stuff. But, you know, it's better than uh, the one of them in Hoods. Yes. Uh, you know, where they're 100 pixels by 100 pixels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, those are pretty terrible. So, um, this is an improvement. Step in the right direction. Okay, let's see. So, um, the next thing I have on my list here, anyway, is that uh, we had... So, F Hero gave an interview um actually i think he gave a couple of interviews i kind of i kind of lost track of this but there are um remy ratio has done some translating of the of the tie on the subreddit and so there's there's a you can read you know kind of his story about this and it it largely tracks what we talked about last time too you know about about how uh he got approached by by koba um and suspiciously googled him and so forth and um but i think it is really kind of neat uh to to hear all of this and to hear this the um stuff i guess we talked about this last time about you know how how he was really he really had kind of like a self-confidence crisis there for a little bit um right at the end and then and then it seems like everything is kind of turned around and at this point you know it kind of feels like everybody loves him he's a really wholesome dude yeah you know if his social media is any indication um, I still don't think his name or image is necessarily appropriate for baby metal. And I think I'm always going to think that, but he seems like a nice enough dude and a good human being and clearly, you know, musically meshed well, you know, another good decision by Koba. So, uh-huh. yeah, the, um, uh, I think in Thai, his name is actually some kind of a pun. Um, you know, so in Thai, it means something like rolling melon or something like that, you know? So, um, it's not offensive in Thai, but it's sort of yeah. it's sort of amusing. But I think you know it. It's still once once it gets a little once it gets let out into the world, then 
but it does make me pause. Yeah. But yeah, there was a there was a Metal Incarnate also put, pointed out in the chat room. There's a there was a uh, thing that I think somebody maybe it was the fan who tweeted it. Maybe it was F Hero himself who tweeted. Uh, somebody had brought him one of the golden discs from the the Dark Knight Carnival uh, download 2018 set, uh, and and F Hero autographed it. But also in the process, uh, expressed surprise that that was the only thing on this disc. Like they didn't really tell him about like how this was going to be released. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a weird team this is. Strange. But yeah, so I think the, my impression is that the um uh the you know people in Thailand who knew F Hero uh to love this. And I mean even if they didn't, um just the fact that this is uh a Thai singer singing in Thai, you know, out in the general world uh sort of treated with respect. Uh, is is a big thing. I think the, a lot of people are quite proud of this. Seems like it. The comments on the video on the YouTube channel, uh, there's a lot of Thai people that are chiming in, proud of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, here's the uh, the actual text of the the tweet. Said uh, he was su he was surprised when I told him this gold disc has only the Papia song on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um, and actually, there's there's another uh, magazine. I think we I might. I don't know if it was out when we when we recorded last time. I think it maybe wasn't, but this Anan magazine uh had an interview and we have a, a translation of that as well. Um now courtesy of Lenzer, who has been recently doing a lot of translating. Um and that's pretty that's I don't know if you did you guys have a chance to read it at all? I did. What did you think? I want to go have a beer in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> coming soon to a pub near you germany watch out moa metal sue metal european beer tour <laughs> it is it is um uh it is so somewhere in here there's a line yeah here it is um so they're talking they're talking to moa and whatever uh and then it says but then unexpectedly this faithful young woman starts talking about her love of food <laughs> <laughs> unexpected to uh none of us <laughs> <laughs> but but that's about where the you know she's she says um and now that i'll be 20 i talked with sumo a lot about how i want to go try a beer with her <laughs> yeah they did say specifically that you know she wants to go to germany again for this reason that's funny yeah it's an interesting photo shoot um there's something there's something i haven't quite figured out what it is about sue's hair but there's something odd <laughs> about you know what what they did with her hair there. You're not used to seeing shoot. her without antenna. The, yeah. The thing that comes down in front of her ears. Uh, antenna is the only way I could think of just how to describe it, but yeah, they, I noticed that. Yeah, I wonder if that's it. I don't think that's all of it, but there's... The, yeah. Well, it's anyway, whatever. pretty much it's the same a, hairstyle yeah. without the antenna. Yeah, no, I, I mean... Maybe the, the bangs are a that little more It full. is missing, but I, but I, I sort of feel like there's, there's something else unusual about it but I, since i'm unable to actually express it <laughs> um i think i will i'll leave it but and i have this two copies of this magazine sitting at tenso waiting to get to me but uh all right i actually ran out of topics <laughs> are there is there anything <laughs> else that, that uh either of you wanted to, to get in here i would like to state that my opinion on shanty as previously stated that i didn't really care for it all that much has kind of change it a little bit i i like it more than i did but oh, I, I forgot about that <laughs> and it worries me that i i don't I've, I've only ever seen it live at glastonbury right and if that's it live and i somewhat like it there am i gonna like it on the album yeah. and i still i have concerns but obviously I'm, I'm gonna love it regardless i'm gonna show just as much love as all the other ones but i think the album yeah i think what you really want to take is the the ultimate um you know rendition of this would be some pro shot audio <laughs> uh oh, yeah. live show uh, i feel like we can get better audio than we got from glastonbury i feel like it was mixed well not at all really but yeah yeah and you saying that does remind me that uh i have also come around on arcadia <laughs> <laughs> um i i i don't know there was there was a point when suddenly it's like oh yeah actually i do kind of like this and you know now i think mainly it's because i can predict it you know now that i mm -hmm. understand the song 
uh, Arcadia is weird for me. I mean, here's why. Mm-hmm. I I like it as a song. I think it's it fits the style. It's interesting. Um, it kind of got that rotary resistance feel to it. What I haven't liked is it kind of for me lacks the impact of Baby Metal Death as an opener, and they were using it as an opener in Yokohama, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it lacks the heart and soul of Word of Resistance or the one as a closer, which is where they played it at Legend M. So for me, it was, you know, I like, I think I like this song. Um, I just don't think they know how to use it yet. Yeah. It's possible that they just, you know, they, they had, they had what they, they sort of worked with what they had, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's interesting, though, because they opened, they chose to open with Road of Resistance at Legend M and close with Arcadia, which is opposite of what they did at uh, Yokohama. Right. Um, now, I don't know that they needed to do that. Uh, maybe they didn't think they could close with Road of Resistance at the end after Headbanger and their new song. Mm-hmm. I don't know. but. After coming off a headbanger and shine into Arcadia was jarring. It was weird. Um, huh. Not only because the, the crowd doesn't really know what to do yet. We, there's, there is no participation in the song. Um, and it doesn't end on a huge high like the one does or Rotary Resistance does. Um, so it's like, and now the concert's over. Uh, okay. And in fact, they did the, the We Are thing. In Road they, of Resistance before the last song. They did. So <laughs> that was a really weird decision for me to yeah. go from kind of the incredible momentum they built through Headbanger with Moa singing to the new song Shine to a break to Arcadia. And then they're going to end the show. It was just, it felt really weird and out of place. That does I, sound I, kind of. I, I think it'll be a good track, you know, track four, track five, just somewhere kind of buried on the album um mm-hmm. but i where they're using it right now live i i didn't really like it in the spot it's in in the set list yeah yeah i think i think i agree with that um but i but i you know when i'm just sort of listening to it not as part of a show that i'm watching but just sort of like listening to it in amongst the other songs uh i do approve of it as a song um yeah sure i agree i was uh, I was last time we recorded. I was a little, a little down on it, mainly just because I, it hadn't gotten, I hadn't understood it yet. But, uh, and I think when we get clearer audio of all of these things, uh, it's going to be better. So I'm, I'm listening to a very muddy version of the, of Arcadia. You know, as good as it can be, but still. Yeah, it's interesting to hear your reservations because I've heard better audio of all of them. You know, and I, I do like all the songs. I love Shanti. Um, Papaya grew on me and you know all, all I gotta say is even, even if the album version doesn't do it for you the live version I can almost say certainly will yeah because um, you know no, nothing can beat this band in a live uh, environment with a crowd and people moshing and going insane um, well, you're you're gonna yeah. attach memory to the song and you're just gonna love it out of nowhere yeah. well and now, now that I know the song I can't wait to hear it you know sure but um, but it was it was weird that it was weird to open Yokohama with the song nobody knew. <laughs> yeah, I was stunned. I was just standing there like, what is going on? This is new. <laughs> no, nobody around me knew what was going on. And then about halfway through it, everybody started going insane once the shock had kind of worn off. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. So, um, amazingly, I think we actually have made it through the, the next pile of, of things. Um, there, you know, I I think we are actually now at a point where there's going to be a little bit of a lull. Um, So I think the next stuff is not for another month almost, right? So uh, beginning beginning and middle of August, I think. Yeah, Summer Sonic. Yeah, and then the Super Slippa thing. Yep. So, um, and I don't actually expect there's going to be very much that happens there uh, that's, you know, sort of newsworthy. So... There's, I mean, one thing that one thing that we don't know yet is who the third Avenger is going to be. Um, 
but if it were me, I would not introduce this person at a festival. So I wouldn't think so. But you know, you never know. They probably have three in the event that somebody can't make it, right? Uh, I think the odds of Kano traveling are pretty low. Um, you know, and if Riho gets sick or can't make it, you know, you never know. That's the nature of the unknown masked dancer, right? Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I think that I think that is basically where we are. We we've survived the, the torrential downpour of news. Um, so maybe, in fact, this maybe next time we'll get to talk about the Koba interviews. <laughs> I've been trying <laughs> to get those in here. Oh but, yeah. because um, I think I think I I still believe that they're interesting. Um. Uh, and I'm actually hoping that we will get some new ones when the album's out. So. That'd be good. Uh, Hedobon has been very good about getting some really good, uh, like, long-form interviews. So, hopefully they'll do that again. I think, in fact, actually, it was Hedobon 10, maybe, or something, that, that Koba actually went through track by track uh, on Metal Resistance. And sort of talked about each, things about each song, and I would love to get that again. I want uh, commentary on the shows again. Oh, that's what I want. That would be amazing. Oh, you mean like the ones the ones from long ago for long ago? Those when original they, uh, well, videos. Yeah, when they when they watched their music videos and gave some commentary. Yeah, those maybe were, those were great. That was really fun. Uh, and it it's it is kind of hilarious them talking about like the old days and nostalgia and stuff, you know, when <laughs> they're like, you know, they're still just kids. Yeah. Looking back on being slightly younger kids. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I think then I will close this down. So that's it for this episode. Uh, you can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks, and we hope you'll join us. And until then, see you. <laughs>